What's going on, guys, and welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. I am Jonathan, your host, and here at Redbeard Outdoors, I talk about faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors. And today, I have an amazing guest for you guys. It being Saturday, I get to share wonderful conversations that I've had, call them sit-down Saturdays. And then on Tuesdays, I share gear reviews, mindset, but I call them tinkering Tuesdays. Those are generally the shorter ones. Uh, And I personally recommend if you're listening to these on the audio only version, that's awesome. I appreciate you. Please leave a review. Even just a one word review is outstanding. I'd also appreciate if you'd go over to the YouTube channel and subscribe to the channel there. And you also get to see the gear reviews, tinkering, and then of course these conversations in person as a video over there on the YouTube channel as well. Everything is growing and I just want to give a shout out and say thanks to you guys We are continuing to grow through the end of 2023. I have some amazing guests already lined up for you guys. And then going into 2024 is going to be even better. I have some big plans. It's going to be an awesome year. If you're not a part of the First Form Outdoors Facebook group and the Day One crew, I highly recommend that you go over to Facebook and join both of those groups. If you don't have a Facebook, shoot me a message on Instagram or shoot me an email. I'd love to get you in on our weekly calls whether it be with the First Form Outdoors weekly calls or the Day One crew, which is the Facebook group that I personally run and have a great community there of hundreds of people from across the nation that just want to get better on a day-to-day basis. We help each other, uplift each other, and whatever your goals may be, go put them in there and you're going to have an amazing time. Maybe you'll find some other families that you can go camping with. Maybe you'll find your next hunting buddy, your fishing partner, your workout buddy, whatever it may be. I want you guys in those groups. Come join us. Now, with that being said, today, guys, we have an outstanding guest. His name is Brandon McDonald. If you haven't heard of Brandon, you're probably not big into archery or real estate, but Brandon does an amazing job with everything that he does in general. I've came across his channel because he's just one of those guys that's fun. Like he makes it seem like you're sitting there talking to him through the YouTube video. And so when I was getting into archery, uh, I, I loved listening to his, his content. And now, even now, so he's just an awesome, authentic dude. He's not a character or anything like that. Like some people you might get on YouTube or Instagram. He just says it how it is. He does bow reviews. He loves archery, loves hunting. He loves real estate, and he's got a bunch of other amazing ideas that you can learn from, guys. So with that being said, here is my conversation with Brandon McDonald, a.k.a. real estate guru and just all around loves to tinker kind of guy. Here we go. Everyone, and welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. I've got an outstanding guest for you guys today, Brandon McDonald. This one's been a couple years in the making, to be honest with you. Uh, you've been you've been busy. You've got a lot of stuff going on. But Brandon does everything from real estate to archery, loves tinkering. Uh, he's got tons of other things going on in his life as well, along with the Mere Mortal Archery uh, company that he started a few years ago. And so, but with that being said, Brandon, for people that don't know who you are, who who are you? First of all, when the countdown started on the screen, I instantly wanted to stand up and just moon everybody. Like that was my first thought. It's just starting off that way. So I, I guess like most people, if anybody knows who I am, I'm a guy with no qualifications, but I had a camera, so I started filming myself. 
and I started making YouTube videos. And the, the whole goal was basically, I wanted to learn how to film my own hunts. And I figured that that would be the easiest way to do it would be to start basically learning how a camera and lighting and editing and all that stuff works. And it wasn't just buy a camera and go on hunts. I feel like you've got to learn the tools before you, before you throw yourself into an environment like that. So I thought, well, I'll start a YouTube channel and I want to learn more about archery and the physics of archery and, and, you know, the flight of the arrow and all those cool things. So the other reason that I did it was to get to basically network with people because I knew if I had a camera, I would get invited to go do things for other people with that camera. And as the YouTube channel has, has slowly progressively grown over time, I've gotten cool opportunities to talk to people like you. So it was, it was twofold. And then obviously, you know, started the Instagram as kind of a dual thing, follow all the cool hunter stuff on Instagram and watch reels and stories and waste too much time there. But that's kind of, that's kind of who I am, man. Just a zero qualifications dude with a camera who started a YouTube channel. Yeah, there we go. And I, I love that. There's such a low barrier to entry when it comes with YouTube, but there's, there's good and bad to that. And I think you've done sure. a very good way or taken it a very good way as far as like putting information out there, but also making it very clear. Like you just started off with, I don't have any qualifications. I just like to mess around with things. And it's the other people that are like, oh, I'm an expert and no one knows their background. And, you know, they, they're like, oh, you need to do this and that. And people take that to the bank and then end up going backwards, whether it be in archery or life in general. And that's the problem. But I love that, that you put it out there. You took, you're taking criticism and feedback and all of that and getting better, um, at, at your craft. And that's a, that's awesome. It's funny. Cause I, you know, very much like yourself, I started the podcast because I didn't want to do all the filming stuff. I knew what it took to, to edit and do all of that stuff. And, uh, that was not, that was not for me, but I like to talk to people. And so I was like, why not? I get to talk to cool people. Cause if I just call people like you up or someone, you know, getting the phone number, first of all, is, is not easy. But second of all, being like, Hey, can I steal an hour of your time? Be like, who are you? But if you have the podcast, be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so that's first how it all, started. <laughs> I would have given you my phone number. I wouldn't have had a problem with that. Little do people know my phone number is my cell phone number has been on my Instagram since I started it. And I'm going to take it down now because I feel like I'm, I feel like this will explode. But I've been meaning to do it forever anyway. But literally, I've had two people in the history. My cell phone number is at the top of the page. There's a button you can push call on. When we were at Total Archery Challenge in Utah, I posted, hey, I'm going to go to this uh, Chinese restaurant and I'm going to have dinner. And I'm sitting there at the bar. My phone rings with an unknown number and I answer. And the, ki the, the kid goes, oh my gosh, you answered your phone. And I was like, how did you, how'd you get my number? He was like, it's on your Instagram. I was like, this is awesome. I'm just going to leave it up there and see what happens. And I feel like what's happened is I've ended up on all these lists of these like horrible, like, hey, do you need health care? You know, do you, did your car's extended warranty, you know, all those kind of freaking things. Yep. So I need, I've been meaning to take it off. Now I will. Now I will. <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> no, I had no idea, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny that, you know, again, you take that, the idea of getting a camera, one to self film, which I, dude, I carried a camera around on one, just like weekend mule deer, nothing, even trophy just up here by my house hunt. And I was like, Nope, I'm not, i I can't do that. That's a lot of work to carry around a it, camera and self-film. It, it literally adds, it's like the mental bucket of hunting. It literally adds an entirely different bucket. 
it mm-hmm. is it is it doubles how difficult it is. Mm-hmm. I think that once you start doing it, some people hate it, but for me, it was important because I wanted to capture the memories. I got off an elk hunt uh, with my brother-in-law, and my uh, my wife was like, "Let me see pictures." This was five or six years ago, and mm-hmm. we looked through. We we're like, we literally did not take one picture, not yep. one. We didn't take any video. We didn't do anything. And I was like, "That's so crazy." This has to change. So that that was kind of why I started. But I will I will say like one Colorado elk hunt climbing across all the deadfall and mm. having the bow in one hand and the camera and the tripod in the other hand, there was, I was so tempted to just be like, I'm going to leave the camera down here. I just don't care. Like if I'm not <laughs> carrying this extra 15 pounds worth of crap with me, I'm just not doing it after, you know, three hours of climbing across waist high crap. So <laughs> it is definitely, it is definitely challenging, but when you get something magic, like every, every time I go out, I'll get something that I'm like, Oh, I didn't know that was going to be that good. You get a bunch of crap too, but the, to have the memories when I'm laying, you know, laying in bed as an old man, be able to watch them back. I'm excited yeah, about exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I just, and you know, phones have come so far and yeah. I, I'm the one that I love to be in the back of the group and I always end up getting the good shots because I'm back there, you know, it's cool hiking over, you know, come up over a ridge, you got the sunrise, you got the sunset, things like that going on. And, uh, it's a little, I won't lie. It's a little frustrating sometimes. Cause like, we'll get done with shooting tack. And I'm like, hey, let's exchange photos. And I've got like 150 photos. And I go to airdrop them. And they're like, yeah, I'll send you some. Two. I'm like, yep. Mm. <laughs> and it's like out of focus. And like. <laughs> yep. Yep. It is. But so now I'm like, I'm that guy that actually, I'm like, hey, guys, can you get this picture? And can you please like stand right here? Do that. Like, I have to walk them through it just a little bit. But. Yeah. And there's that, like, there's nothing wrong with that, especially in the age of social media. Everybody understands what you're trying to do now. So mm. I, I agree. The phones are ridiculously good now for what they are, like for how compact, how small, how good the battery is, the type of footage that they take. If it's daytime stuff, use the phone, use the mm-hmm. phone for everything. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty ridiculous. I, I feel the same way as far as like getting done with a hunt. And realizing that that's why I do a lot of voiceover stuff is because I'm so rarely in it. Because do you know how stupid you feel setting up that type of thing and then like on a group of people and then just walking in front of the camera and being like, hey, just just sit here. We're just going to sit here. Like it's it's going yeah. to be fine. Don't worry about it. No, don't worry about that. Just yeah. And they're like, are you not? Yeah. No, I want to be in it. Yeah, it feels <laughs> it feels really stupid. So that's why it takes practice, though. That's the other thing mm-hmm. is it feels progressively less stupid as you do it because you understand that to tell the story properly, you have to be in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, it's just like anything else that, that was like, why I started. Like, hold on guys. Channel. I'm going to run up stuff. there. I'm going to run up there, set the camera down. Okay. No, wait. Okay. Now we're going to go like, yeah, yep. yeah, I can. Yep. It's, and people don't think about that when they're watching a really good film that's been put together. Like, um, my buddies over at Argali. I don't know if you've ever watched any of their stuff. Um, I'd you have should to go see. check I'm, out. I'm really bad with names, but mm. if you if you showed me one of their videos, I could probably mm. tell you if I'd watched it. What where are so, they out of? Well, Argali is they're a, a shelter slash tent company that also does okay. a bunch of other lightweight back backcountry gear, knives, uh, trekking poles, and stuff. And I didn't even realize they had a YouTube channel, but they started as a media company. And then they were like, "Well, I don't like this about the gear, and I don't like this about this gear." So then they were like, "Well, we're going to make our own." Got which it. I think is awesome when people don't yeah, just sit back sure. and complain about it. They actually go out and do something but like their tent. Um, they have the shelter option. So you can make it a hot tent 
or you can put a nest inside of it if you want an actual like nest with mesh and, and a floor. So it's yeah, a pretty cool, cool setup. Um, but anyway, I was watching one of their, cause after I, I recorded with him, the owner, and then he told me that they were a media company. I was like, well, my mind's blown. And I went back and they've got some amazing footage of Alaska hunts and, you know, blacktail and all of this other stuff. And I, they just put one out about elk that got me so excited for September. I'm nice. like, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it takes a lot of, of footage. And then you've got the other, I guess the other end where my, another one of my friends, she left an SD card up on the mountain Ugh. and it was like four of their seven day hunt, four days of their uh. seven day hunt. And I was like, oh, oh man, you're never finding that. Like, that's just no. not. <laughs> Somebody may find it at some point though, which would be really uh -huh. cool. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 in one of my Utah hunts that I did solo, I wanted to kind of shoot it documentary style. So it was kind of like, just keep the camera rolling. So I brought an insane amount of batteries and everything was so heavy. I literally took one of my black plastic bags, put all the batteries in one of the bags, left it under a tree, went, did all the hunting stuff, went down to the car, like hiked four miles out, dropped all my stuff off, went back up to get the other, you know, the batteries and all that crap and go back like that. So that was one of those, those learning experiences where it was like, okay, take care of your SD cards. Make sure that you know where those freaking things are. That's the most mm -hmm. important part of it. This little bitty, this little yeah. bitty thing that you just lost four <laughs> days of your hunt for. Oh, exactly. Oh. That. And then uh, I've been on a hunt too, or I guess it was, it wasn't a hunt. It was tack where the guy was getting some footage and his camera died like five shots into tack because he had, there was some dual system that he had set up to where they had to both be plugged in correctly to charge or something and it was like just barely slid out just barely out of place and he was like well guess we're using our phones like <laughs> so he's carrying around this big old camera now it's just dead weight you know can't uh, use it but uh but that's it's all those little things were, exactly but you want to learn that at tack or you want to mm -hmm. learn that at like a local 3d thing or that again that's why i go do stuff i'll shoot angles of me like shooting and be like that's a terrible angle like that, you mm -hmm. should never use that angle again, or even lighting <laughs> right now. I have a light over here and I know that the way it shines on my eye, it makes me look like my left eye is a lazy eye because it blasts out the white, but I'm sitting at a table that I can't get the light on the other side. I was like, it's mm -hmm. fine. People are going to think I have a lazy eye. They're going to know your phone number now and you're going to have a lazy eye. <laughs> I'm being way too open on this. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But yeah, no, those are all things that I didn't, I personally didn't want to add because I'm already like, I'm trying to get my mental game down for shooting sure. animals, let alone making sure the angle's right. And then just one other story before we move on from that, my buddy Samong, I don't know if you've ever seen any of his stuff, Samong Outdoors. He does a lot of hunting in Washington, Brave Soul. Um, going up there and you know he knocks down elk and deer he, he loves it up there um and he's currently fighting that the good fight right there with washington and yeah. all their politics yeah, uh, he's 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 doing an awesome job uh fighting back and trying to get people up and running with that but anyway he had an elk hunt that he set the camera up and then he made the mistake of walking in front of the camera so it refocused and then it focused on the tree instead of the elk that's 150 yards that way. And so <laughs> you just see this brown blur out here and you see this nice crisp evergreen <laughs> and you hear the gunshot and you see the brown blur go out of frame. And then you hear him come back and he's like, 
he's like oh crap like <laughs> oh crap <laughs> see every time i've ever handed my camera to somebody else like you're out with a guide or whatever mm-hmm. I, I i did new zealand a couple months ago and it's you can tell that they're basically just they're just doing this they're holding this but then they're talking to you mm-hmm. and they're just they're not it's like <laughs> no you have to live through the screen I mean, we could talk. For, we could talk for two hours on the difficulties of learning how to film well, a hunt, which is why their phone. You've got their finger like right. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you yeah. not your fingers in the camera? No, but imagine handing something to somebody that has like eighteen buttons on it. That if you touch one of the buttons, something happens. You're like, don't touch anything. Just hold this and point <laughs> it at the animal. I've already done all the stuff for you. Yeah. What I think one thing that's interesting is like if people draw a big hunt and you want somebody to come film it for you, there are production companies you can pay mm-hmm. who will send guys that know how to stay out of the way and will know how to put a really good hunt video together. Yep. And it's probably not as expensive as you think. Like if you draw a sheep hunt, something crazy, you know, like some of these production companies literally be like, all right, yeah, let's let's figure out a budget to send two guys with you and make sure that this is a fantastically captured and you'll have that memory the rest of your life. Like that's not mm-hmm. a thing that you want to go shoot a 120 inch whitetail and pay them to do that. But you know, for something big, could we be were already spending 10, 15 grand on the hunt. It's like, you know, it's a couple more grand to, <laughs> to get it recorded, you know, <laughs> and half, I can read the comments now have a 10 to 15 grand, a couple more thousand. <laughs> and Rich that's why i stick with over-the-counter elk in utah and i'm not going sheep hunting right now <laughs> but uh, uh yeah it. yeah that's it's um you've been on some amazing hunts uh you you've put down you've gone to new zealand what twice or three times now nope new zealand was once but i've i've gone um I have done some amazing i've done some amazing hunts but i got started with the archery stuff like the bigger hunts late but New Zealand was one of the coolest. I think the coolest hunt that I've honestly done, black bear, is mm. for some reason like black bear being on the ground or being in a blind that's really close to the ground and watching how capable these animals are mm-hmm. and getting to watch them interact and talk to each other and the way they mess with the bait, the way they they use the trees, the way they cover the underbrush is by far the the coolest hunting experience that i've ever had and i've done like new mexico elk in a great unit you know new zealand i've gotten to do uh utah elk solo colorado you know a bunch of that kind of stuff but to me i think bear just i don't know what it was man there was just something that was so freaking cool about being that close to an animal that could potentially come grab your foot and pull it off yeah i don't know why you killed a monster with dan didn't you you had a big old black baby Get a little, <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, it looked big when it was standing it next to the barrel, but yeah. you know why? It's because that barrel was a 22 gallon barrel or a 22 and a half gallon barrel. <laughs> so it literally looked like it was barrel sized. I, I did, I did shoot a 400 pounder up in, uh, in Canada a few, a uh, few weeks ago, a month, couple months ago. Mm-hmm. We didn't find it. Mm. So super bummer about that. But I've already rebooked that hunt for next year and uh, I plan to spend some time around that site, seeing if I can find something on the ground. Was that in BC? It was, uh, we flew into Winnipeg and drove seven hours north. Mm. So wherever that part of Canada is, (laughs) we we basically drove until the roads were gone and then kept driving 
Yeah, it was pretty amazing, like how wild it is. And they literally mm -hmm. were like, you can keep driving 12 more hours north if you want to. And I said, what is there? They said, more logging roads and the fishing just gets better. So, wow. yeah, it was it was nuts. But man, yeah, we yeah, need to I annex think... Canada. We need to we need to bring them into the at least at least the western portion of Canada. Mm -hmm. The eastern That'd can be fine. They could stay Canada. We but... got some stuff we would trade them. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, on I've that got one. some buddies up there. They I've got a buddy that lives in um, British Columbia, and some of the stuff that he shows me his just normal hikes that he goes on with his kids. I'm like. Wow, like I love Utah, and that's why I stayed here instead of going back to North Carolina. But man, some of the stuff that they they yeah. have up there is just—I mean, it's it's outstanding. Yeah, um, that's one of the so, disappointing things about Tennessee. Like hmm. you know, we got whitetail. Some of the whitetail are good, but overall, like we don't have any other big game in animals really. It's you got country fine. music. Yeah, yep, I can listen to that anywhere. <laughs> I mean, it is fun to go. It is fun to go out and watch it. I mean, I like Nashville mm -hmm. for living and obviously for the real yeah. estate investing stuff. It's been it's been kick ass. But that's one of the reasons we just bought 42 acres out in Colorado so that we had a place to go kind of here's the jumping off point in the future. You know, if I want to go hunt out of here, that's the spot no, to go from. That's cool. So, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. So, um, you've, I mean, I've never personally killed a black bear, so I'm just giving you crap for that monster that you killed with Dan. Cause <laughs> you know, I, I love the, yeah, the, <laughs> the monster, yeah. uh, but you, you've done definitely, you've got a lot more experience under your belt than a lot of people. How long have you been in archery hunting? So I got a bow when I was 15, but mm -hmm. I didn't kill anything with a bow until I was in my early thirties. So okay. I, I grew up in Colorado. My dad was an accountant. So we would basically go on occasion, but it was gun hunting all growing up. And then my grandparents on both sides were in Texas and Arkansas, and we would hunt when we were down there. But it was typical, just kind of like wake up at four in the morning, go sit by the tires in the middle of the field with gun, freezing your ass <laughs> off. You'd see a deer, you'd shoot the deer, you know, that kind of thing. But I think that I really got I really got enamored with, with the bow when I bought 25 acres in Davidson County, which is Nashville, about 10 minutes north of downtown. So like super close to downtown. And I knew that rifle hunting wasn't going to be like really sustainable there. So that's when I, um, I really kind of dove back into the archery stuff and said, okay, let's go, mm -hmm. let's go deep in this because I can shoot the bow every day here, get good with it. And I can hunt and took some good whitetail off that, uh, off that, that, that land there, you know, filled the freezer with does almost every year. And then really got to kind of kick it up a notch in the last probably five years, five, six years was getting to start going out West and being in, being a little bit more intentional, applying for tags, making sure that I'm starting to accumulate points, which I've been terrible at, but, you know, being willing to trade some dollars for experiences, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. That's uh, it. And, and there's, I guess there's a, there's a lot to be said about putting, uh, putting experience behind what you're doing. You know, you, you, what I've noticed too, is that you really like to learn. Uh, you're not very set in your ways. You've gone everything from light arrows to heavy arrows to in between to Valkyrie setup to super like crazy expensive arrow setups, which, um, I don't blame you. They're fun to put together, but it's hard to lose an arrow like that as well sure. <laughs> because you're like, Oh man, that stings a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, the, I, I guess I, what sparked your interest in tinkering so much? Why do you enjoy doing that 
um, because I'm along the same boat, but I kind of want to know what, what keeps you wanting to tinker. Man, that's a really interesting question because I don't know what the motivation behind it is other than like, I think that I felt like my, my understanding of archery is when it comes to like lethality, I felt like I was really limited. Like, why would I choose this broadhead over this broadhead or this mm -hmm. arrow over this arrow with bows? they're all delivering the arrow re relatively similarly. Like obviously there's some speed difference, but with the arrow in particular and broadheads and then vein configurations, and then, it, then going down the kind of rabbit hole of Ashby and the weight stuff, which this is a good topic to talk about now because John Dudley obviously has been going on this like arrow tirade. Basically he's letting, he's let the, he's let Troy Fowler, the ranch fairy just kind of, slowly build up this following of people. And then John Dudley's coming in here like a bowling ball and just mowing people <laughs> over. Like it's very, it's yep. very funny. But I mean, I went down right. the, I went down the heavy arrow range, uh, the heavy arrow, uh, you know, kind of path because it made sense to me, a light arrow. I bounced an arrow off a pig with a, with a mechanical. I didn't bounce it. Mm -hmm. It's just, it, I hit 60 yards, watch the pig run off arrow pops out. And I was like, that's weird. I feel like this should go through the pig. So that mm -hmm. was, kind of, that was, you know, not to mimic Troy's story, but that was kind of Troy's story as well was why am I having a hard time killing this stuff? So then it was, okay, switch to fixed blade heads. How does that look? Switch to more expensive arrows. How does that look? And then really reading the Ashby stuff, I, th I found it super interesting. And I started messing around doing experiments on my channel, it, just with me learning. But what was interesting is I went up to 615 grains and one year I took an elk at 85 yards with a 615 grain arrow. I took an axis at 110. Now wow. that's, that's aggressive. Um, yeah. I mean, but you know, the funny thing is that's what people think, but it, it really didn't feel that way. So, mm -hmm. and I was actually with Troy when I took the axis at that distance, Troy was camering for me on that, on that trip. He came, he came out and was, was very kind to come hang out that trip. So I killed an armadillo and I killed, I killed a whitetail and I killed it all four of those animals with the same exact arrow. So like the, you know, we talk about the money that you're spending on the arrow that literally was, I just kept resharpening the broadhead and rocking mm -hmm. and rolling. But what I've done since then is okay. 615 grains got it done. I, I literally passed through every single thing that I shot. So now let's back it down and let's figure out when we stop getting the type of penetration that we want to get. So right now I'm at 460 grains, 460 down from 615. So my arrow is, is pushing the 300 feet per second mark. And with the iron will single bevel 125 solid, the victory rip TKOs, and the uh, DCA Super Saber veins, I put it through the meaty part of a 700 pound stag. So front of the shoulder, um, he was he was basically straight up the leg on the front side. Mm -hmm. So all that the the hide starts to thicken up there because those guys are fighting with their horns. So they've got yeah. thick hide right there, five inches of meat on both sides, and the arrow completely passed through, and then the fletchings hung. So the fletchings actually caught the arrow. So what, what that tells me is if I'm going for full print penetration on both sides with the arrow coming out, mm -hmm. I think I've reached the goal. And then what I found interesting was I took the single bevel wide 
same exact arrow up to uh, up to Canada for the black bear. The black bear was it was really late. Like so it was it was probably 10 minutes left of shooting light. I was wearing a mosquito net over my head sitting in a ground blind. And I think just when he walked in, we'd been sitting for seven or eight hours. And I, I just was literally like I had that kind of pants pooping moment where I was like, here it is. And, mm-hmm. and the thing kicked in in my brain. Shoot behind the shoulder, lower one third, behind the shoulder, lower one third. And that's not where mm-hmm. you shoot a black bear. You shoot them in the middle. So, mm-hmm. so I'm screaming my shot process in my face. And I've got, and the pin is exactly where I was aiming. Like the arrow went exactly where I was. He was quartering to me way more than I thought. The arrow mm-hmm. passes through him, hits his back offside leg. Mm-hmm. And you can hear it in the video. It smashes that backside leg. I don't, the arrow goes all the way through, hangs on the fletches. He, he jumps three steps and the arrow pops out. So the exact same scenario with the bear than with the stag. It was just super interesting because I went through the entire body of the bear, mm-hmm. hit the back femur, and then uh, and the arrow hung by the by the fletches. Maybe it's those DCA, those super savers, man. Those things yeah. are just like it's like a like a stopper. <laughs> well, now you just need to go with the minis, and you'd be good to go. That's right. They won't that's hang right. up as much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, it, it, that's been the other interesting thing about listening to Dudley's archery stuff again is he's he's pulling people on that have like 30 or 40 years worth of experience and they've done all these experiments and mm-hmm. they've done all this testing and why are they doing it? And, and what I've found is the penetration versus arrow flight stuff is a teeter totter. Mm-hmm. And so you can get more penetration. Like, like you said, I built, I built a Valkyrie setup that was 750 grains with 25% FOC. It was amazing. It felt so cool. You were literally putting your finger. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're outstanding. Like a really, really cool broadhead. And I, I guess, I guess to answer the question about the tinkering, when it comes to broadheads, it's almost like buying a tool. That's also a piece of art Mm -hmm. for some reason. That's kind of how I feel about them. Like the precision that it takes to get a, a chunk of metal home down that people have been trying to do for since the birth of humanity starting to use tools like spears and bows and arrows and, and looking at all those, you know, the old Clovis points and stuff like that stuff built out of rock to what mm-hmm. we're building now, it's all still the same thing. We're building something that's like this big, this wide mm-hmm. has to fly on the end of a stick and we're still trying to do it better, which is so cool. All right. Pardon the brief interruption here, but I want to bring to you and give a shout out to all the amazing companies that I get to work with on a regular basis. I aim for quality and I want you guys to understand that. I want you to know that the companies that I recommend, it's not due to being paid by these companies or being asked to advertise certain things. I work with companies that I believe in, I use their gear or their nutritional supplementation and I wanna share that with you. So here we go. Of course, First Form and First Form Outdoors Guys, come join us over at First Form Outdoors Facebook group. If you don't have Facebook, shoot me an email. I'd love to get you in on the weekly calls. First Form just makes the best supplements on the market. When you're up on the mountain, you definitely want a post-workout shake. When you get off of the mountain while you're making your your meals, you want to make sure you have your micronutrients on point when you are hunting. So definitely want you guys to check that out. 
Check out the link down below. You get free shipping for life when you use the link on any orders. Over 75 bucks. Also, Alpen Fuel and Heather's Choice. Those are my top two meals in the backcountry whenever I'm out hunting. I love those meals. Clean ingredients, great macros. Make sure you hit your recovery there as well. Black Ovis, best conglomeration of all of the things that have to do with outdoors and hunting. From clothing, I love their lightweight setups with merino and their pants. They've got backpacks, glassing, and more boots, crispy boots that I rock. Go check them out, guys. Code REDBEARD10 will save you money and free shipping on anything over $50. All-in digiscoping, best digiscoping on the market. The Bino adapter is coming out very soon. Go check it out. Code REDBEARD to save some money. Initial Ascent, best pack backpacks on the market, guys, by far. Go check them out and use code REDBEARD as well. A3 Archery Bowstrings. Favorite strings, no stretch, no need to wax them. They're waxless, just awesome, and they hold tension. No loss in poundage. Go check them out, A3 Archery Bowstrings. Cryptek, my go-to camo, but also day-to-day -day wear. They've got some amazing pieces of gear and clothing. Go check out Cryptek. Castro Glassing Systems, Dark Energy, if you guys need that battery, the Poseidon Pro, or even the Poseidon Nano. Go check them out, guys. Use code REDBEARD, save some money. Go Ruck, those McCalls or those Macalls are the best shoe for EDC. For me personally, I rock them every single day. Trail running, they are great for rucking. They have some great tread, wider toe box, excellent shoe. Go check out Go Ruck, code REDBEARD10. Sheep Feet Custom Orthotics, My Medic, Canvas Cutter. Guys, that thing is outstanding. Get a cot from Teton Sports, get canvas cutter, and you're good to go during hunting season if you're hunting back from the truck. Affect Beard Oil, Muley Freak Bino Harness, the Game Changer, Bow Hunters United, Joy Bees, and of course, the Bow Hitch. Guys, thank you so much for listening in on this. I just wanted to give a shout out to all the sponsors of the show. If you can't support monetarily, again, go leave a review. I appreciate it. Have an awesome day. And let's get back into the conversation here. Have you, so I've, I've kind of done the same thing where, and it's funny that you tell your setup, cause that's pretty much what I'm running this year. Uh, iron wheels are going to be my, my fixed blades. Um, I've got some other mechanicals that I'll use for different, uh, scenarios, but, uh, iron wheel fixed blade, 125 solids. What, uh, insert are you using? Are you using the victory ones or using MFJJs? I'm using the victory ones and MFJJ gives me crap for not using the titanium ones. So. <laughs> Here, here's what I'm wondering at this point is there's going to be a weak point in the setup. Mm -hmm. So if something is weak, which part are you choosing to be weak? And mm -hmm. what I saw with, I shot a uh, Valkyrie into an elk uh, after he was down. It was kind of the last shot to, to put him down. And what ended up happening was I think I had, uh, I had the full Valkyrie set up up front and the actual shaft of the arrow, the way it entered in, the shaft broke. Mm-hmm. And I lost all penetration. So even with that mm. badass head, I didn't get a pass through. Now, I mean, it was through his heart. Like I was standing 20 yards from him. He was just still rolling around. But what, what I found interesting was if I'm going to have a failure, what I wonder is the, the bendability, the flexibility of the aluminum. Does that buy me a little bit more forgiveness where the shaft's not going to break and I'm still going to get a little, a little more penetration? Gotcha. But, 
that's 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 just hypothesis. I think that yeah, yeah. I, I think that um, given the circumstances of me being able to put because the iron wheel, the wide that I put through the bear still spins perfect, and mm-hmm. same with the one that I put through the stag. Both of those spun fine. So yeah, you know how much harder are you getting than a seven hundred pound stag with? I mean, if you hit, if you hit the bone, yeah, you're going to, you're going to bend some yeah. stuff, but no, yeah, I think I've been pretty happy with the aluminum outserts, but the titanium, I like the idea of, because you will bend the aluminum outserts just in regular shooting over time. Oh yeah. If you buy a dozen, fletch them up, shoot them into your target for three months and go spin them again. Half of them will, will, won't spin as well as they should. Yeah. And I, and I've never really had a huge issue with the aluminum. Uh, and those are kind of my, I guess, backup, but I am, I'm going to be running the, the titanium inserts here and I've sent that into a rock. I need to see if it, I don't know if it's the light bending it or not. I need to spin it and see if it, if it's bent or not, but I don't think it is. I just pulled it out of the shaft, but have you ever, uh, messed around with these broadheads? No. Do you know which ones they are? Yeah, I can't remember what the name of it is though. The evolutions. Okay. Um, so those I'm I'm messing around with. I'm gonna see how they fly. I haven't shot them yet. Um, but they're the mechanicals, they're the ones that uh they basically make Valkyries mechanicals. Um because their mechanicals are identical, except for these are they go down to one twenty five grains instead of the one eighty. But yeah, that's a super you've... interesting. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The idea of that, that bigger, that bigger out front cunning head should yeah. basically relieve some of the issues with penetration that mechanicals typically have. So how do the, yeah. how do the arms fold like the actual, uh, the deployment? So let me how see are they held got, in place. There's a, it's like a washer and that's why I don't want to deploy it yet. You don't there's have like to. A, like, yeah. There's like a washer in there. So it's, it's tension. Does it break? The washer? Um, it, it will rub if you're opening and closing it enough, but I have a Valkyrie one right here. It's again, it's the exact same mechanical. They just have the Valkyrie one's got a that long pin that goes down. And I've actually you could see I've used this one. What but, weight are are those like the hundred hundred and eighty grain like they're uh yeah. okay. I like yeah, that so, idea. I, I actually ought to, because I've still got some, I think I've got some 250 spines that are, that would still work for that setup that are the Valkyrie. I'd order some of those. I And this, I, I mean, you can see, I, I use it on a grouse. This is an expensive arrow for a grouse, but yeah, that went is. into, that went into rocks and you can see the feathers there, but that's how they, yeah. they fold out to like that. Oh, damn. That's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty steep blade angle then. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, okay. It's pretty awesome. And and you can replace this piece right here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can replace these blades as well. But yeah, How much I mean, were those for? Uh, does he sell them in, in a three pack? I believe he does. I'm not exactly sure. I get them from the, so our, my bow shop here locally is one of the few that actually sells them in person. Um, they've got a good relationship with Brent up there. So, um, but yeah, it's, I, I think he does three packs. But yeah, it's, okay. I mean, it, it's durable. It's crazy durable for a, for a no, mechanical for sure. anyway. I mean, 180 grains will buy you a whole lot more, you know, it buys you a lot more steel. What's so oh, interesting yeah. is like that we talked about what drives me to tinker. All of a sudden I am a hundred percent positive that I'm going to buy those broadheads now. <laughs> I'm fine with, I just ordered a bunch of Grim Reaper stuff and the, the, that will work good. 125 grains. I've, I've never had an issue with those mm-hmm. with my setup. 
as long as I didn't hit a hit a knuckle. Right. But now I'm going to order those because I just want them. And then I'm going <laughs> to build out a heavier setup them. and I'm going to try to shoot a whitetail with them this year. Yeah. yeah. And that, yeah. and from my own, like, I guess, hypothesis and experience as well, like if I'm going to shoot a four millimeter shaft, I go, you know, either the iron wheel, Aaron Snyder, uh, core or the Valkyrie. Um, if I'm going to go four millimeter, just cause I like you the durability. That. Yeah. Yep. The, the inserts and stuff seem to not be as durable, um, for, for four sure. millimeter stuff. And so having that center pin run down the middle is just, that's just money. But, um, yeah, I wanted the lighter weight. I think I'm running 450, 454 grains with 175 up front. Um, okay. with the rip yeah. TKOs and I even what's went your, to 250 spine. What's your draw length? 28 or 28 and a half, depending on the bow. Are you 80 pound? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I'm 75 pound at 30, just a hair mm-hmm. shy at 30. But so you went with a 250 spine. Do you, are you cut pretty tight to your, uh, to the, to the, um, well, I'm yeah, the I'm almost touching metal to the rest. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Rest. There we go. For some reason that word escaped me. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, cut, I cut these arrows that I'm shooting right now a little bit long and mm-hmm. put going from the 125 to the 150 head. I, they, I went past their capacity. So having 200 out front with the length that I cut them on a 300 uh, shaft was really interesting because I thought they'd be fine, but, and it wasn't terrible, but I, I could not get that wide to fly past 50 reliably, you know, where I, where I would have trusted it. I mean, I shot the yeah. pair at 15 yards, so it, I, did, I knew I wouldn't need it, but yeah, it's super interesting. So you went with the 250 spine. So you even went down further yeah. just because you're more point weight. Yeah. And I'd rather, I'm, I tend to go more on the stiffer end just cause I'm kind of at that border there, depending on what point weight I use, but, um, three hundreds were flying great out of the Hoyt I was shooting. But when I went to the PSE, obviously cams are different, things like that. Um, but it, it required, I wasn't getting a good tear at all with any of my three hundreds. And so with the rips, which is great about the rip. So I can shoot a 300 spine, four millimeters. So the VAPS and it's fine. It's got a thicker wall. I imagine it's a little bit stiffer. Um, but with the rips, you only gain, I think it's 0.1 grains per inch. If you go down to 250 from a 300. So yeah, it's only 0.1. You can look it up. That's crazy. That's that's why I was was, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, it's it's super interesting. Then why? I mean, did you try, John had one of his videos where he shot basically a, a group then mm-hmm. I, I don't remember if he switched points out to lighten them up or if he just backed the limbs out and then he shot, a, a you know, essentially making the making his poundage less. And then he did mm-hmm. one where he essentially made his poundage more. Have you ever messed around with that? I haven't. I've just kept it maxed out. Yeah. So so I, I bought some hundred grain new points and I, I've been shooting my hundred grains versus the one twenty fives, and I'm getting no real discern, discernible difference in impact mm-hmm. downrange at sixty. So it may just be that I just can't outshoot it. Like mm-hmm. it's just me still just being, you know, as wobbly <laughs> as ever. Yeah. But um, that was an interesting experiment th- that he was doing, as far as just something that you can do for relatively cheap. You know, yeah. like to test to test test the spine of your arrow to see if you're if you like the idea of more point weight, so let's say you go up to 200 and all of a sudden your groups start to open up a little bit more, maybe back your limbs down a little bit to lower your mm-hmm. poundage and see if you're tightening those groups up. And then, if, yeah. you know, worst case scenario, you just tighten your bolts back down. 
Yeah. And he was also recommending, uh, well, he was talking about that as well, where it was, um, the, you got to worry about knock fit if you're backing your, your limb bolts out like four or five pounds, because it lessens the tension on the string, which in turn loosens the knock fit a little bit. Um, or I guess it would make it more clunky, I guess, in the, in the yeah, knock fit. Just, so it makes it so yeah. when you're pulling it back, your, your arrows raising off the rest and yeah, getting that yeah. reach. Yeah, yeah, he's that's uh, one of the most frustrating things. Have you ever have you ever dealt with that? Been trying to tune mm-hmm. something and not realize that you were getting knock pinch. I'm blessed to have so I, I Wild Arrow. I'm sure you've heard of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're my bow shop. I'm ten minutes oh, nice. from them, and nice. so I I have like I am handicapped. If they go like if they all died <laughs> today, I'd be like, well, frick, I got to start over now. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I got to learn all this uh, stuff for myself. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, like later today, I'm gonna I go up there and help them out every once in a while just because they work on my bows. But they're awesome dudes, wealth of knowledge. They've, I mean, they it's awesome to even just go scouting with them. Um, the owner's actually got a, he drew a sheep tag here in Utah and he's going to do it with a bow this year. So nice. it's going to be, that's going to be Dude, awesome. But yeah, they, I, I don't really do a lot of my own tuning. Um, there's very few things that I do. Like I know how to move a rest, like if my broadheads are hitting a little off, et cetera. But for the most part, when my bow comes out of that shop, it's, uh, it's pretty well taken care of. So nice. Yeah. yeah that's an interesting one. If, if somebody else is checking your tune for you to then be able to pick it up and make sure that you're shooting it similar to them. Mm. But, you know, like some guys, especially people that are newer, they'll say the, the shop, the shop did it for me. And then they pick the bow up and they immediately go mm. like this. Yeah. You know, well, when I have- say that I'm in the back with them and I'm doing like, I'm hands oh, okay, on my good, bow good, with good. them. Yeah. But yeah. they're the ones checking my stuff. So I shoot it through paper. You know, they take, I, I take it out to 20, like all of that stuff is me nice. shooting it. But I do agree with you. That's always kind of blown me away where Dudley says he, if he's building a bow for someone, he builds it and, and sights it in out to a hundred yards. And, uh, and I actually, I recorded with him a couple of days ago. Oh, Stud. cool. I mean, he's just an awesome guy, but he was saying he's got shoulder issues because he'll build these like 80, 90 pound bows for Joe Rogan and his arms are, you know, 28 inch draw versus Dudley's like 31. So he's all scrunched in and he's like, even just that movement right there, like messes with his shoulder. He's like, I'm having shoulder issues again because now I'm like dealing with, you know, short draws. Uh, but yeah, it's, I don't know how he does it. Um, and I don't know how people, uh, can get their bows tuned and then it's, but my theory on that, I guess, is that it's, it's good enough that the people that are shooting the bow are not really going to notice a difference, you know, because their skill level is not there. Yeah. Or you're like Rogan and he probably gets it and then he can tweak it the rest of the way. So maybe Mm -hmm. he gets it and, and Dudley's like, Hey, shoot this through paper, you know, try X, Y, Z and make sure that you're good to go. Cause Mm -hmm. at this point, Rogan does seem like he's good enough. And he has a, a deep enough knowledge. It'd be, I'd be mm-hmm. really interested to hear another podcast with them where they really dive into the like technique of archery and the technical knowledge that Rogan's gained over, you know, not that long a time doing it. Cause yeah. I mean, he's drilled some stuff at some pretty decent distances and you can oh, yeah. tell he's super passionate about it. Yeah, no, he, he definitely absolutely loves it. And he's such a good voice for, for archery in general, you know, cause you wouldn't look at him and think coming from California that he's into hunting and all this stuff. But when he talks about it, he gets real passionate about it and he's very yeah. knowledgeable. Like he's, you can tell he's one of those people that's like, 
I may not be an expert, but I'm going to know as much as I can know about it. And then here's my level of experience as well to go with it. So yeah, it can't hurt to have the meat eater guys as friends, mm. Dudley and all these other people that, that can basically be like, all right, Hey, we're going to go to this kick-ass ranch in California and we're going to go over here in Utah and you just need to come and, and we'll get <laughs> to show up. up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we need to see if we can get him out to one of the TAC events. I'm sure Dudley's talked to him about it. That would be mm-hmm. kind of a, that would probably be a, he'd have to wear like a football mask so nobody knew who he was. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, but, uh, but no, I, I definitely, um, you know, along with the tinkering stuff and, and all that, I, I think my, to be honest with you, my bow shop, uh, I mess with my buddy, Mark is the bow tech that I work with. And, and I'm like, I'm like, are you sick of me yet? Cause I'll come in with like a new rest or something. And then I'm like, Hey, I want to get this put on. And I'm like, <laughs> And then I kind of feel bad. I'm like, look, I'm going to put it on. I need you to kind of watch me every couple minutes or so and make sure I'm not going to cut a string or something. But, you know, (laughs) but uh, But that's cool. That's where you want to do it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't really I don't have a spot right now for a bow press and all that, but I'll get there eventually. I have my own room. Um, Yeah. But then you have to work on your own stuff, though. Yeah. Like that's, that's the problem is then you don't get the community of getting to go hang out. And the other thing yeah. that's nice about going to a shop, they get new stuff in and you get to see what the new stuff is. Why is this better than the last thing? Like, mm-hmm. this is kind of cool. Why do you have this? Yeah. yeah. I don't or know I bring the them stuff sometimes like they don't carry the dialed site. So I brought that in and then it, it was weird because it was about the same time that they launched. And so then they started getting a bunch of them in. They're like, oh. Like <laughs> we don't carry this site. So they're all figuring it out. And so it, it's cool to go in and, and hear their points of view. Cause again, they're all very knowledgeable. Some of them are target archers that go out to Vegas and do really well. Um, nice. And so hearing all of that wealth of knowledge uh, and, and they, you know, they give each other crap for, you know, some of them shoot Bowtech, some of them shoot Hoyt, which mm-hmm. is like right here in our backyard and others shoot prime. And then I bring the PSE in and they don't, they don't carry PSE right now, but um, you know, they're, they're like talking crap. So it's just, it's a great community. It's such a good little, cool, uh, cool little knit community right there in the bow yeah. shop. Yeah. What do you think about the dialed side? Is that what you're using on a, on a regular basis on yours? Yeah. So that's, okay. that's going to be my hunting setup right there. The Mach 34. And then I've got the dialed side. I've got the three pin in a tense configuration. Um, and I really like it. Uh, I will be, and I mean, this is going to come out in a couple of weeks, so I'll probably already have a review out on it. But um, the new UltraView site is going to go on my Omen um, with the pick rail mount. So uh, that one I'm going to mess around with because I because right now I have it on my Omen with the dialed rail and then the the four pin UltraView housing, and then I spray painted it black because I didn't want it to be all shiny. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> got it, got it, yeah, got it, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's really interesting. I'm, I'm really cool, uh, it, excited to see it hands on and and uh, figure out you know um, how that one works. I, I like what I've seen in videos, but uh, anyway, the dialed site. Well, what I guess what questions were you? No, I'm just so I I I bought one. I'm I'm really like it, the. The, I'm ex- super excited for anybody that's coming into the space and bringing something new and something slightly innovative. But I'm mm-hmm. excited about the Gen Two version of that because I feel like they'll they'll learn a, they've learned a ton. Mm-hmm. The only I had it on my uh, that's what I used to bring up to Canada too. Mm-hmm. The only issue that I've had with it is when I got back home. There's two spots on it that are loose. So mm-hmm. like because I flew with it. 
and have it packed where it's where it is, you know, in everything. And that's been my biggest concern with that site is the durability. So is it the windage bar? The uh, that the scope housing wobbles around, and then the actual dial does a little bit of oh, loosey goosey okay. there. When yeah. did you buy it? Mm, I'd have to go back and remember. Not not I didn't get like one of the super early ones when they were rolling out. So I'm not I'm not trying to crap on the dial on the dial people. Oh no, either. not at all. It's, yeah, it's not that. It's it's that I'm excited about the Gen two version. Yeah. yeah. And the ultra so, you guys reached out and they were like, Hey man, we want to send you this. And I was like, Oh, that'd be amazing. And then I just got a thing for tracking. I was like, Holy crap. They actually, they're yeah. sending me a thing. That's yeah. cool. So yeah. it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Which, which mount did you go with the uh, standard or Dude, the, they just sent the, me something? I have no idea okay. what's coming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. They're I'm good sure guys. I've got a bow I'll fit it on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, no they're, I'm, it's like I said, I'm excited for anything, anybody who wants to come into the space and think that they have something innovative. What you're doing is challenging yourself to come up with an innovative idea and then mass produce it, mm. package it, mm. market it and sell it. Like it's a super difficult task to do, yep. especially in archery, because it's not like there's a crazy ton. It's not like there's 10 million archers that are going to come buy your stuff. Like probably some of the best companies you know, are, are not breaking a hundred million dollars in the industry, mm. like the biggest, yeah. like Easton, it'd be really, I'd be really curious to know Easton, you know, Matthews, Hoyt, all those big guys that are, that are putting up really big numbers. They're small potatoes. Like they're probably mm. sex toy companies that sell way more, you know, volume <laughs> stuff. Than yep. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, I respect anybody coming into the space and doing their thing, but I am excited. The dialed guys are another group that they had a production company beforehand. Like I was talking mm. to, I can't remember, I can't remember the dude's name. I was talking to him and, uh, he was like, yeah, man, we've got a bunch of red cameras just sitting around here. I was like, but use them, use them. They're amazing. Put out yeah. as much good content as you can. And yeah, they, so they dropped some really good videos around them. Yeah. The yeah captured stuff. creative and, and yeah, they've got a whole bunch of other, other companies, but yeah, they, um, so with the dialed site, have you reached out to them about the wobbliness? Mm -mm. Okay. No, I so, just and that's what I tell to everyone. Talk shit about him a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, so Scott is not on social media and he's, I don't know if you know, Scott, he's the one that, um, he's scooter on all of their goofy videos. Have you seen that's some funny. of their, okay. Yeah. So Scott, yeah. Scott is kind of the, he's off social media. Um, and if you saw him, like I always joke with him, like you look like a homeless dude. Cause he's always in flip flops. He's got long <laughs> hair. He's got a beard. But yep. he knows so much about archery that it just blows my mind anytime I talk to him about it. And uh, and he's such a good, humble dude. And so he's been known and, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. Anyway, he will help people. I was going to say <laughs> some specific ideas that I know about him. But he, he, will, he will help you um, if you – because, like, he's been called and, you know, people are like, oh, this site sucks. Well, I can't get the yardage out of it I need, blah, blah, blah. And he's been known to go on FaceTime with people and spend an hour or two getting their whole peep site and everything, like walking them through it. So he's a genuinely good dude. But what I say to anyone that has those wobblies, because I've had a couple of things too, where like washers wear out or something like that, just reach out to them. I mean, their customer support is next level and they'll send you whatever you need. Um, if it's something that, cause they understand that as they've grown, 
and things have gotten better as far as manufacturing or yeah. pieces that they've they've had that uh, maybe have gotten loose over time. So yeah. I would just recommend that. And anyone out there listening, I I say the same thing to anyone out there. There, you know, people will you're you're very kind and you understand uh, the whole manufacturing and growth process. But some people are like, oh, it's a crap site, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm personally not. Uh, invested in it as far as money. So I'm, it's not a personal attack on me. I can listen to you, hear you out, but um, it's it usually people haven't reached out to them and realized the service they'll get. So that's a big shout out to them, honestly, because they, when you mix a, a good customer service with an awesome product, it's hard to find companies like that nowadays. Um, especially in the archery industry where there's some companies, I feel like they rest on their laurels, to be honest with you. Like they just, They've been around for so long. They know they're the gorilla in the room and they can just sit back and be like, well, that sucks. Like, or they just, their customer service is just okay at best. Um, people want to hear from people. And you went through that. about I, Matthews right now? You talking crap about Matthews? <laughs> <laughs> well, you went through that and it was pretty cool to see that experience too. When you bought all these bows and then you reached out to him about, you know, the video that you were doing, was it a year or two ago? Where you so, bought all the, th yes, it was. It, this was the confusing <laughs> part because the mm. the thumbnail that vi that video exploded. I had I no idea that no, I got I got pissed off phone calls and texts from Instagram messages from all <laughs> sorts of stuff. That was my first introduction to John Dudley. Was mm. hey man, oh, this is done. Give me a call. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so it was me with the thumbnail. I'm holding a piece of paper and I wrote no PSE on it. Oh, so. Yeah. So what ended up happening was I don't have a PSE dealer in mm. middle Tennessee and I still don't. No, that's mm. not true. But that's not true. Archery Den picked up PSE. My bad. Archery Den does have them. That's where I bought my. Yeah. Yeah. Archery Den has them now. We don't have a Bowtech dealer that's close. The, the nearest Bowtech dealer is an hour and a half from me. So the PSE, what ended up happening was the other place. Um, I almost said their name and I don't want to. They, they're a, it's a very nice shop, but they do a lot of like kids stuff. So they have a mm. 20 yard range and they, that's their main focus. It seems like is league night and with kids. And okay. so I got into it. Like I was, I would go down there and I would shoot and I bought $400 worth of arrows. I bought, you know, like I was spending money there mm -hmm. and they had one of the early versions of the, the boat paddle, um, the mock bows. That's what I call your, your mock 34 is the boat yeah. paddle. I, I actually really like that bow. That the thirty four yeah. shoots amazing. It's that's oh, yeah. a great that's a great. Well, when I when I walked into the bow shop because you know they don't shoot or they don't own PSEs or you know uh, sell them there, and I walked in and they just looked at it and they're like, hmm, they look like doesn't have any curves. It's like a lady without curves. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, it shoots great though. I, yeah. Anybody oh, yeah. that wants like, especially in the thirty four inch platform, that that's a that's a rock solid bow at three point so, seven pounds bare bow yeah. like that thing is it's so light yeah well and like the rx7 you know the the rx7 ultra i think was a 34 or 35 inch axle to axle but it was over four pounds like if you're mm -hmm. looking for you know if you're looking for weight savings that's for sure that's like one of the that's one of the last ones is four pounds left i think well i don't know to finish up the pse thing we don't have to go into it but basically it was a shop issue it was it was in you go watch the video but basically they were trying to charge me 25 bucks to put a D loop on the bow to let me mm. try it. And I was going to buy the bow and 
it was a shop thing, not a PSE thing, but because mm. they were the exclusive retailer of PSE and I was going to have to go back to them for service, I was like, nah, nah, I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. When I have yeah. other options and I can go buy Hoyt, I can go buy Botech, drive a little bit, I can go oh, buy I bet they got. I bet they got a phone call from PSE after you talked they to Dudley about it. They lost their dealer. They lost oh. the ability to sell them. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So- um, that was why archery den picked them up. Now, I don't know if they can still sell their like target line, but I know that their hunting line, they, they lost that, but it like, no offense, but that's what should have happened in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if you're PSE, why would you not want to sell the most bows possible? You, you would, and you would want the best customer service possible. And that wasn't what that, that wasn't what that shop had. And I probably like. That was also before I kind of understood the potential damage that having a voice on YouTube could do. Like, so I had issues with the Bowtech Revolt X and I made a video. I made a lot of videos on that thing because I tried, I tried my freaking hardest to figure that bow out. And Mm. I posted that bow and had lots of people that were like, I was looking at this and I'm not going to get it now. And Bowtech called me and they were like, hey, what's going on? We need to figure this thing out. Was this a problem with your bow? And it wasn't. There was, I don't know what, nobody could figure it out. But that bow eventually. Did you get your phone number off of Instagram? Is that what happened? They all started. (laughs) (laughs) They messaged me. That was, I was literally on a cruise. And I think I dropped the, the, uh, the Bowtech video and the no PSE one really close. And I got off the cruise and got cell phone signal. Mm. And I had a message from Bowtech and from John Dudley. And I was like, oh no, I've made everyone mad. (laughs) But it was, it was interesting. Like, I, I don't know. I've, I've definitely tried to like, Take the voice, like I, I'm small. You know, I'm small. I just, I just hit hit the twenty thousand mark on YouTube. So that's impressive. For, for but for a, a channel that's still really small. But there's still an impact. So I try to be. I, I'm trying to weigh everything and be measured and also be encouraging. Let me pause you on that though. Think about how much, how many people does it take to fill up a stadium? It uh, depends on like, how big the stadium is. Yeah, I guess. Okay, so a stadium full of like 5,000 people, right? Say you go to a concert and there's 5,000 people there. We went you to Infamous the other night, 7,500 uh-huh. people in one in one area. So 7,500. Yeah, okay. And I, I kind of had that thought. Like I was like, I've yeah. got like When you see it in person, like people. it's crazy how how people, you can sit there and be like, okay, you know, I've got even people with 1,000 followers. You know, like, oh, I just barely hit a thousand. You know, I'm like, okay, but think about if you were standing in front of a thousand people, a thousand people, a thousand people will hear what you say or see your picture. That is a crap ton of people. So, you know, 20,000 on YouTube, it's like you were almost three times the amount of that Incubus concert is how many people watch your stuff. Right. That or is, at least are that subscribed is so to you. crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, yeah. that's why I, whenever people say, I'm like, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Com- if you're comparing yourself to like Rogan. Yeah. Right. That's small. But like yeah. in all reality, that is a crap ton of people. And, and I could see why PSE or, you know, Bowtech would be like, Hey dude, <laughs> <laughs> cause that's 10 to 20,000 archers on top of that. Like to think about how big right. the archery or how small the archery community is, 20,000 of those archery or of those archers are the ones that are watching your stuff. I don't, I'm sure there's other people that watch your stuff, but mainly archers. No, it's mainly, you know? I'm yeah. for sure it's mainly archery. I mean, like, yeah, I started a real estate channel to talk more about the real estate stuff. 
um, you know, to kind of market our hard money lending company that we're doing. But I recognize that it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. I want to keep the archery stuff a bit separate and I may still talk about it a hair, but, you know, starting the separate, um, yeah, starting the separate channel for the real estate stuff kind of made sense. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's got but yeah, 50 followers, maybe I'm up to a whole <laughs> 50 on there, but it's the there same thing. If you were standing in a crowd of 50 people talking 50, that's mm-hmm. a ton of people. It's crazy. It's crazy mm-hmm. to think about. And it's only been in the last like 30 years that a normal person's voice could be amplified like this. Not, it's not even yeah. 30. I mean, YouTube started in 2006, maybe 2010, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. You know, all the social media stuff that popped up, popped up in the early 2000s. So let's say 20 years, the last 20 years that you didn't have to be like on TV to mm-hmm. have reach. That is really amazing. Yeah, like you, right? It's, with what you're yeah, doing. It's crazy. It's nuts. It it really is. And like, I look at it, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, when you make goals for whether it be views or downloads, whatever it is. Um, and I'm looking, I'm like, man, like I was wanting, you know, I'm wanted to hit numbers, but then when you take a step back and you're like, that's how many times that podcast has been listened to and downloaded. And if I, again, if I was standing in a room with people and I said that podcast over again in person, it just, it, it blows my mind. And so it's easy to disconnect. It's just like swiping a credit card versus paying in cash. You yeah. know, seeing numbers on a screen is different than seeing 7,500 people in person. Um, yeah. You know, and so that that's crazy. And then it's funny. I saw you post the Incubus thing and that was right after I learned what an Incubus was. Do you know what an Incubus <laughs> is? Yes. Oh my gosh. My wife, so, my wife reminded me. They started that band when they were 15 years old. Oh, that's probably so why. That's, pro- that's of course why they did it. Tell <laughs> tell the people what an incubus is. So so oh man, this is going down. <laughs> so so the reason I found out was because at we at TAC, and I don't know if you know much about first form, uh, but the first form guys are just, I mean, it's a great group of individuals. Like you just you feel like we're, you're with your high school buddies again but actually accomplishing things, not just hanging out, playing video games. And, uh, and so we're sitting there in this, you know, we had an Airbnb for tech and the media crews in there, they had just showed up. They're like delirious from their travel. It was really late at night. And one of the guys, I guess he's scared of ghosts. And so he sits down on the couch and he hears something supposedly, no one else really heard it. Uh, and, and anyone that, you know, is listening to this, go watch the video on YouTube of first form outdoors at TAC. It's hilarious. But, uh, he goes, you know, he's like, man, did you guys hear that? And he like jumps up. He's like, legit. None of this is staged. Like we're all talking about the next day stuff we're going to do. And, uh, and, and he's like, what the crap? And so then everyone's now messing with him because we realize he's genuinely scared. You know, and so and the camera guy's catching every second of it. And then, of course, the camera guy goes on this rant about, well, you know, you could go to sleep. But uh, what if that ghost is an incubus? And I'm like, a what? Like no one else knew in the room. No one else knew except for the camera guy. And he like goes on this long, detailed explanation of what it is. But yeah, you can go look it up. Basically, it's a ghost that penetrates you while you're. <laughs> while you're sleeping i mean that's really what an incubus is and so we go down this rabbit hole of what that is and and so anyway i had learned what that was and then you posted that and i was like there's really a band out there about it ghosts sounds so much worse when you say it the way you said it it's a you ghost just have that, to do it that penetrates way. you while you <laughs> sleep you could have said make love makes love to no, you there's no, no. non-consensual <laughs> way 
<laughs> so a rapey ghost, basically. Okay, a rapey ghost. So you went but, to the concert of Rapey Ghost. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Dude. And it was so good. That's like my childhood. Like that's like my favorite band from childhood. And then Jocelyn and I are going back to Smashing Pumpkins on okay. the 8th. Yeah. It's literally, it's just, I told Jocelyn, I was like, I'm just going to have like a 15 year old branded boner for the next, you know, month based on, <laughs> I'm going to have a 15 year old incubus. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious. It's uh, funny that you know what that is, but uh, yeah, I know, now we're my just, favorite band. Yeah, you looked it up. You're like, what yeah, <laughs> literally, yeah. So oh, tell man. briefly, real quick, tell me more about the first form, the first form stuff, because I'm curious about this. Because every time I've seen them, it's like mm. all the hot girls, but that are doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, that not just like hot girls for the sake of hot girls, but the hot girls that are doing stuff. It's first form. Yep. So basically, I mean, I was introduced to first form. Do you know, have you heard of Andy Frisella? I, I'm terrible with names. So okay. I don't So know. he's the one that did the MFCEO project, uh, Real AF podcast. Um, okay. Any I, of this? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. I so think he, I yeah. So he, he's yep. the host of that. And, and so Andy Frisella, I started listening to the MFCEO project uh, years ago. And my wife was like, look, you're going to like this guy because I've kind of got like entrepreneurial things but I'm not like full into it right now, but I was learning at the time. And she was like, Hey, you should listen to this guy. He's, he's rough on the ears for a little bit. Um, she was like, he's not really my style, but I think you would like him. I said, okay. So I listened to the first podcast of the MFCEO project. And back then it was all about like business and, you know, things like that. And, uh, he's very, he really is. He, he curses a lot and things like that and nothing gets cursing, but it's like every other word. And so I was like, Oh, okay. Uh, that's like, a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And so for me, I was like, uh, but he's got a lot of good information. And so then I listened to the second one and then you start like kind of getting used to that and tuning that out and focusing on the information. He's awesome. Well, then I found out later uh, about first form because I went to tack for the first time and there was a workout up North. And at the time, um, I knew the guys at mountain ops. I mean, they're like 15 minutes away from me North of here. And so we were doing a workout together. And one of the people that showed up was wearing a first form shirt and I had heard of them, but it, to me, they came off as more of like a, like kind of a gym rat. Like I don't dress in bright colors right, and, right. you know, stuff like that. Um, I go to the gym six days a week unless I'm on the mountain, but, uh, I don't dress that way. That's not really my lifestyle per se. And so, um, I didn't really pay attention to the brand until I met her. And then she, uh, during that workout, she was crushing it. And then the fact that she, she mentioned that they were looking at getting into the outdoors industry. And that's when my ears perked up. I was like, ah, got it. First form community, which it really is like, there's, there's a supplement company, but it is the community of individuals that is in that, like they have built loyalty it is where they build it from the ground up. It's not a marketing company by any means. Um, and so anyway, I started looking into it, found first form outdoors page had like 400 followers on it at the time. Ooh. And I just, I jumped on board. I was like, got it. All right. Once I found out this was a real page and I found out who was in charge of it at headquarters, um, you know, I interviewed and started working for him about two and a half years ago. And since oh, then nice. it's just exploded in the outdoors industry. Yeah. And, and at TAC, it was so much fun. And I, I'll tell you, if you've got a chance, go watch that video of us at TAC. And like, there's some stupid challenges. Like they ran up half the mountain and back to see who could win. Like just stupid crap talk the entire time. 
it probably had a lot to do with these, a lot of energy drinks going around. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but basically what First Form is, is a great community of individuals that genuinely wants you to get better, basically live a happier, healthier, more successful life like what I talk about. So our uh, everything just kind of lined up perfectly. You mix that with the outdoors. There you go. So, all right, send me my thousand dollars now for me introducing the first form, letting you pitch it on our podcast. No, I'm just right. <laughs> no, I've, exactly. I've, I've I've been out of working out is by far the the thing that I'm the least good at in my mm. life. Like I I really struggle with st- sticking to a diet and then and sticking to working out. So I've recently started kind of real estate kind of a, like a little real estate mastermind with some guys that are in really good shape mm-hmm. and they're holding me accountable. And so I yeah. ordered a bunch of weight stuff for the house and it's, it's really interesting. Like knowing that I'm going to be on a call with them later will make me go work out because I don't want the shame of saying, Oh, today was another mm-hmm. day when I didn't do it. But yeah. it's so interesting. Just like I can make money. I can grind day after day after day. I can start businesses. I can make money. I can I can set long term goals. But you put me next to a Whataburger, and I'm going to go eat a freaking triple cheeseburger <laughs> from Whataburger, and I well, shouldn't. And, that, and that's the other thing too is that that I love, especially about the first form outdoor side of things. You mentioned it. Like it's always, it's not just posing. It's not just pretty girls. Like they're legitimately. I mean, we did every time I've done a workout at headquarters, someone pukes, if not multiple people, like it's <laughs> everyone just, I mean, it's, it's a killer workout. And it, what it does is that builds that community again, cause it's a suck fest, but you jump in and as a team workout, you kind of help each other kind of deal. So it, it's a, it's a really great family and community to be a part of. Um, but it's, they're genuine and they're doing stuff. And I've, I've known of situations happening where they recognize that maybe an athlete or something was acting entitled with their, with their title. And they were basically fired and, and cut from the contract because they weren't living up to the standard of being real, actually using the products, actually working out, not just getting surgeries to look good Ooh, um, that's and things like that. Okay. Right. So it's very, it's very much about being real. And uh, again, going back to Andy, the real AF podcast, I mean, he is, my first introduction to Andy, I don't know if I've ever brought this up on a, on a podcast, but I always tell people at headquarters, like you don't mess with someone's workout. Right. And I saw him working out. He had his head down grinding away. So I was just, you know, I didn't want to go up and talk to him. We're in there changing in the locker room and their locker room, dude, it was like, it's like a college football locker room. Like it's immaculate. But anyway, we're in there changing and you just hear the door pop open. Just He's like, anybody's dicks out. We're like, what? <laughs> like, no, we're good, man. And he goes, no, Emily's coming in to take my picture. So, you know, for 75 hard, yeah. right? And he's like, I yeah. just want to make sure you guys were put away before she comes in. You know, we're just like, okay. I was like, and I go up and shake his hand. You're like, hey, it's nice to meet you. It's been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's just how he is. You know, it's, there's no character. And I, I love that just about the company. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Mix no, that with the cool. I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll have to look them up because that needs to be the next upgrade in my life. I think is is again, I'm I'm kind of coming up with routines for all this stuff and getting rid of certain bad things and implementing certain new good things. So I definitely need to dive down the supplement rabbit hole to help myself yeah. a little bit more. Plus, I start yep, the day man. with four cups of coffee, and I'm sure there's probably a better way to start <laughs> well, it. This is my half 
you know, middle of the day, pick me up. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I like drink. it. I don't drink coffee, but I'll drink some caffeine. I um, it. yeah, but, uh, cool. We've kind of like gone all over the place and I could talk to you for another couple hours, but, uh, what is something that maybe we haven't brought up that you'd like to bring up for the, the listeners? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I think that for me, like a refocus on just going out and shooting every day has brought a renewed kind of joy and enjoyment back to archery. I think for a while I put my bow down and I stopped just going out without a camera, like, and just literally just shooting arrows. And I forgot mm -hmm. how much it influences the entire rest of my life for some reason, like going out and shooting 50 arrows and being intentional and shooting through a routine. Literally, it feels like this like grounding force in my life. And it, there's something that it literally feels like it physiologically does to my brain. So just go out there, freaking shoot some arrows, man, but be focused in your practice. Cause I, it's like I said, I forgot the the joy and the the kind of baseline that it brings me back to every day, just going out and slapping sticks together. Yep. There you go. I love it. And uh, where can people find you? Instagram at uh, Brandon McDonald underscore archery. And then uh, YouTube, you just search Brandon McDonald. I'm the not black guy who's uh, the <laughs> NFL player. So there's two of us, two Brandon McDonald's. I'm the white archery dude. Yeah, in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> the white archery real estate dude, and he's the black jacked NFL player. Gotcha. Exactly. He's so like 6'8". <laughs> yeah, I'm tall. I'm 6'3". So opposites. But I'm, yeah. opposites. Ah, yeah. come on. I'm the fluffy one. I'm the fluffy one. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Thanks again. I really appreciate your time uh, hopping on here, man. I know you've got lots of stuff going on and um, thanks so much for that. And Dude, for everyone so out there for listening, me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And everyone out there listening, I'll leave the links down below to his YouTube channel, Instagram website. And, uh, and are you still selling mere mortal? We didn't even get into that. Are you still selling the mere mortal hats? We're on pause right now. So I had hats yeah. and shirts, but the distribution became a problem. So when I sold, basically sold down out of everything, now I have to reset and I have to think through how I want to do it again. Cause it kind of in picking and choosing what I'm going to engage in and, and how effective I'm trying to be, mm. it felt like I was being rather ineffective. We gave away seven bows, which is amazing. Mm. Like, you know, gave away seven bows to, to first responders and military guys, but I wasn't having the connection that I really wanted. Like, and that's why I kind of this real estate mastermind business mastermind thing that is just kind of starting to to come up, I think is going to be something that can be really, really impactful at a much deeper level. So awesome. uh, I'm not sure where mere mortal is going to go, but uh, I think we'll have a resurgence at some point. I just need to, I need to kind of revamp, but yeah, for right now, that's where we're at. Sweet. Well, cool. Uh, guys, I'll leave those links down below. And like I always say, get out, live your life and love it. Wow. That was just an outstanding conversation. I love chatting with Brandon. He's such a cool guy. And he just is authentic, genuine, really enjoys what he does. He loves tinkering with archery. He loves learning and getting better at real estate and all the other things that he does in his life so that he can better provide for his family. And of course, line things up so that he can leave and go on these amazing hunts that he's been on as well. So I'm really stoked that you guys sat through this and uh, hopefully you learned something. Go check out his channels. I'm going to leave, out, uh, leave his channels down below. And of course... Guys, a personal invite to you, leave a review, even if it's one word. And if you're watching this on YouTube or if you haven't watched it on YouTube yet, go over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, 
and let's keep this thing growing and moving. I really appreciate you guys and your constant support. Thank you so much. All of the discount codes and companies that I get to work with as far as partners and who brings this show to you are all listed down below. Highly recommend going and checking them out. I only choose to work with companies, guys, that will provide the best quality gear, have a great company environment, and people that I enjoy working with. And then I can recommend them to you. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. So go check it out, guys. Everything from supplements, my choice of company and community would be, of course, First Form. Go check them out. Everything from that to Bose, which would be PSE. Absolutely love shooting my PSE. All the way to stabilizers and gear and clothing with Cryptech, etc. Go check them out down below. Get a discount. Get it at the best price possible. Support those companies and in turn support this show as we continue to grow through the end of 2023. Have an outstanding rest of your weekend. Thanks so much for tuning in. And of course, get out, live your life and love it.